This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, getting back to the basics. Now, businesses have to do that. Every once in a while, you got to look at what are your core competencies? What is the what the public is looking for in regards to their tax dollars? Uh, and this is a you know, relatively small story in the grand scheme of things, but I think it's an important one. Now, the city of Port Coquitlam um, had a, spent three days uh, and sent crews out to target different zones in the city uh, to clean up public spaces. You know, simple little things like just garbage and junk. And what what did they do at the end of those three days? Well, they completed their uh, clean city blitz and what they collected was three tons of litter. 86 kilometers were cleaned with a sweeper. Uh, 122 gra- uh, graffiti tags were removed uh, and 14 uh, illegal dumping sites were cleaned and thousands of cigarettes butts were collected as well. well. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the cleaning blitz in Port Coquitlam and I think partially a little bit I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, City Hall and uh, going back to the uh, basics a little bit is, uh, of course, joining us is Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. Brad, thank you for joining us. Thanks very much for having me, Jazz. So what uh, uh, got you inspired to say, let's have a cleaning blitz? I know municipalities do that. Usually you have, uh, you know, staff, uh, members of City Hall doing that. What was the reasoning behind that? Was there just an impetus to say, look, we have to start cleaning this place up? It was looking a little dirty? Well, it's part of, as you said, the ongoing work that always happens. But we had an incredibly successful pothole blitz that we did just after uh, the cold winter months when potholes really need to uh, be attended to. And we filled uh, several hundred potholes in a couple of days in Port Coquitlam. And that was so well received by the public. It really got me thinking, okay, can we take this concept of where in addition to our ongoing work, We blitz our entire community and just get stuff done. And I thought, well, you know what? The summer months are upon us. People are out in in our parks and our playgrounds, and you can just see the city's kind of alive and busy. And I said to our staff, hey, is it possible to take the same concept and do a cleaning blitz? And they came back with uh, what it would take to do it, and uh, we gave it the green light. And I mean, I'm just incredibly proud of the work that our crews did and the results certainly speak for themselves. So this was, these were city crews. You didn't have to have sort of volunteers come in from the community. No, it was city crews. And we do have a really robust uh, uh, volunteer uh, community as well that, you know, often does this type of work. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is also a core municipal responsibility. And I think that, you know, that that is really worth underscoring. This is the type of thing people send their tax dollars to City Hall for. And, you know, it's often not prioritized, I think, in the way it should be. So, yes, you know, it's great when conscientious citizens help us out, and and I appreciate that, and I encourage that. But it shouldn't just be up to, you know, our citizens. The city has a responsibility here as well, and, and again... This is what people pay for. Yeah. So we should be delivering it. I hear that in Vancouver. I hear occasionally about Surrey as well. And those are big communities. And each community is a little different. I don't mean to pick on them. But, you know, you hear that sometimes cities 
uh, take on other responsibilities, whether there are, um, you know, issues where things are downloaded from higher levels of government. And so they, the municipality takes over some of those responsibilities. In the case of Vancouver, um, you know, nearly $200 million is going towards housing and daycare. Very important issues. And I, I don't want to minimize that. Uh, but when you're looking at, you know, you've just added a 10.7% property tax increase, which you've, you know, handed over to taxpayers, they've had to pay it. And when your budget outlook looks at a 9% property tax increase every year for the next five years, uh, and you end up cutting somewhere. And one of the places you look for savings is cleanup in, in some cases. In your mind, why do you think some cities end up, you know, I know there's downsizing, but why do they pick up some of these responsibilities when it's not part of their core core services that they're supposed to be providing? Why does that happen? Well, I think they feel the pressure because uh, they are things that community members are concerned about, and, and I can appreciate that. I think it largely comes from a good place. But you, you know who benefits the most when they do that is those other levels of government. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, the provincial government and the federal government need to feel the heat more from residents about them not meeting their obligations, you know, certainly like when it snows in Port Coquitlam, we got to do a good job of taking care of that. And if we aren't, nobody's calling the MLA to complain. <laughs> They're calling the mayor. Yeah. Um, and, and, and likewise, you know, when it comes to these issues that are truly provincial and federal responsibilities, if a city council steps in and takes responsibility, you're really letting the province and the federal government off the hook. And they're all too happy to let you step in and fund those things. And you're right. Something has to give. Mm-hmm. And usually what it, it is, is those core services that are actually really important and fundamental to the well-being of the community. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Vancouver, once again, I don't want to pick on uh, Vancouver because Sarah Kirby Young is coming in. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, my conversation with Francis Bula the other day where I had asked them about, you know, you're eight or nine months in now. Uh, you have a supermajority. What have you done beyond uh, the, the mayor want to encourage everybody to come to Vancouver? It's a fun city uh, and he's drinking beer, all that kind of stuff. But I also think a supermajority is a terrible thing to waste. So she's going to come in and we're going to have that conversation. So I don't want to think I'm picking on Vancouver. But uh, in regards to the broader issue here um, in regards to the taxation levels. Do you think we're at that point where something has to give with municipalities? I know in a post-COVID environment, there have been significant property tax increases, not so much in your community, but others, that something has to give somewhere along the way that this may actually force governments to think, wait a minute here, what are our core services that we provide and the things that we can't? Let's start cutting back on some of those things because pre-COVID, perhaps we had the dollars, but certainly post-COVID, it doesn't look like the dollars are there. Well, I really think it comes down to a matter of prioritization. I, I mean, look, there, there's no limit of good ideas and ways to spend money out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't get blood from a stone. I mean, people are really struggling financially. And I think we have to be incredibly sensitive uh, to cost escalation and pressures on families. And so what does that mean? That means really digging down and, and focusing what is going to be most impactful to the most number of people, prioritizing that and making sure we're meeting our, our basic obligations. And, you know, I, I think they're trying to right the ship in Vancouver in, in many ways. But, you know, during the, the previous council, for instance, I mean, they gave the green light to this idea that Vancouver taxpayers were going to pay for a lawsuit against big oil. Uh, you know, like, 
I mean, how in the world do you do you justify that when so many of your other obligations are not being met? I mean, it, it is it is was truly just a you know <laughs> this sort of activist you know uh, symbolic act, but it was going to cost taxpayers in Vancouver, I think, about eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I just recently asked the city councilor about the uh, budget uh, process they're going through now and the potential 9% increase, and one of them uh, was serious, and I can't believe they went there. So they, perhaps they may need to revisit the parking tax, you know, one where you pay to park in the street that you've already paid for that one. Yeah. So. Well, and I, I will say just, like, there is certainly a tie-in and connection here to property taxes. I mean, I'm very proud of the fact in Port Coquitlam, because of our focus on those core services, uh, and very much meeting our responsibilities and obligations. We, you know, have the lowest property taxes in the entire Lower Mainland now, and our property tax increase over the last couple of years has been around uh, 2%. We had a 0% uh, during the COVID years, uh, and we had a 0.8%. Um, you know, and services are not suffering in Port Coquitlam because of it. We're building new amenities. We build a fantastic new community centre. Again, community and recreation centres are often something that get overlooked. But that's another core municipal responsibility. So it, it can be done. But if, if you're going to you know, stretch yourself very thin, if you're going to take on uh, these you know, complicated and large, complex societal issues and try and solve them off the backs of property taxes... Um, it's just you're setting yourself up for failure because property taxes were never intended to be used to solve homelessness. And you could never raise enough money to solve homelessness off of property taxes. No, But if you go down that road, you're going to get those 10% a year increases, 12% a year increases, uh, and you're going to create a lot of stress on regular middle-class people. That's for sure. Brad, thank you for your time today. Thank you very much for having me, Jazz. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.